Welcome to another episode of Follow the Brand. I am your host, Grant McGaw, CEO of Five Star BDM, a five-star personal branding and business development company. I want to take you on a journey that takes another deep dive into the world of personal branding and business development using compelling personal stories, business conversations, and tips to improve your personal brand. By listening to the Follow the Brand podcast series, you will be able to differentiate yourself from the competition and allow you to build trust with prospective clients and employers. You never get a second chance to make a first impression. Make it one that will set you apart, build trust, and reflect who you are. Developing your five-star personal brand is a great way to demonstrate your skills and knowledge. If you have any questions for me or my guests, please email me at grant.magaw, spelled M-C-G-A-U-G-H, at 5star BDM, B for brand, D for development, M for masters.com. Now let's begin with our next five-star episode on Follow the Brand. Money is entangled in everything we do. Are you in control of your money or is money in control of you? The flow of money creates a narrative for you to take charge of your finances, not the reverse. Money has that power if we let it have power over us. Expert financial coach Susan Howell wants you to live unburdened by creating economic space with effective budgeting techniques. Budgeting is the building block of financial wellness and can relieve you of debt, back taxes, and the inability to get loans. Budgeting is your map to keep track and create knowledge and financial security. Financial discipline and budget get bad names, however, to break the cycle of debt, Howell advises her clients to take a responsible approach to personal finance. Financial responsibility equals financial freedom. Susan Howell is a great communicator and an expert in her field and very authentic when advising that you need to be willing to change your mindset to get on the path to get financial freedom. She helps you to change your perspective and emotions about finances as she helps you to reframe your perceptions about money. Get to a better place with your money story with transformative coaching, says Susan Howe. She retired at 50 as a senior special agent with the Department of Justice Office of the Inspector General. Susan worked for the federal government for 26 years with both the IRS and the DOJ with 22 years as a federal agent. During her career, Susan investigated many financial related crimes. Susan grew up without money and was determined to change her life. Susan realized that financial literacy and responsibility were not being taught in the school system or society in general 
and felt a great passion for making a positive impact in the world of Money Matters. Susan created Money Maestra, which translates to Money Teacher, to help people get on the path to financial wellness and economic freedom. Susan has individuals and couples as clients. She gives workshops, makes presentations, and speaks at events. Let us welcome Susan Howe to the Follow the Brand podcast, where we are building a five-star brand that you can follow. Welcome, everyone, to the Follow Brand Podcast, and we are deep into our financial empowerment series, and I want to dedicate this particular episode to our, our women that are out there that are, are maybe or maybe not having challenges in the financial world. I thought that my guest today, Susan Howe, the money maestra, you know, which means the money teacher might be a very good resource for you as we begin to talk about how we can budget better, how we can take advantage of our finances, how to grow our wealth, and really start just having that good conversation, step back and look in the mirror about some of the things that are happening in our world, and now we can take make some, make some changes. So I'd like to introduce Susan. We're going to have a very good conversation. Hi, how are you doing, Susan? I, I am doing great. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. So just start us off talking about why why do you why are you doing what what got you started in this whole world of finance and, and specifically working with women? I know you work with some other individuals too, but you definitely wanted to dedicate this to our female counterparts. Yes, I, I do work um, with everyone, but I also um, specialize in working with women. And I have a special place in my heart. Well, one, I am a woman, but two, I grew up in, I grew up poor and I grew up with a mom that didn't work. She didn't drive. She didn't have her own money. Uh, you know, she was totally dependent on my father for money. He had uh, a problem drinking um, and it was a volatile childhood. And what I saw was the reason my mom couldn't get out was she had no money of her own. And I was probably, I don't know, 10, 11, maybe 12. I don't even think it was 12. And I was like, that will never be me. I will never be in a situation where I can't make choices in my life because I don't have my own money. So I was the kid with the paper out, the pet sitting, the babysitting, got a job as soon as I was 16, waitress, multiple waitressing job. But any way I could make money, I made money. And I was the first person in my immediate family to go to college. I graduated from college, worked for the state attorney's office in Miami, Florida for a while. But then I became uh, first a tax collector with the IRS. And then I became an, an agent with the IRS uh, inspector, they were called back then, but a federal agent. And then I transferred to the Department of Justice Inspector General, and I was a federal agent, and I worked a lot of corruption cases, a lot of financial crime cases, and I also was lent to the Drug Enforcement Administration for about three and a half years, maybe, and I worked a lot of narcotics um, here in Miami. So everything, money is entangled in everything we do. I I agree with that, and I'm going to tell you, that's interesting. Because I want to ask you this question, because if you spent that much time working in the IRS and you've seen individuals 
like you kind of mentioned, like your, your mom was in a situation because of lack of, of funds. Maybe she was in a relationship that could have changed if she, you know, if, if, if money were different. And we see how people do things that they hopefully maybe would not do, but they do them and they find themselves in trouble and they find themselves in trouble with the law. Did you find that, you know, the different cases that you got involved in, did you find that there was some common themes around that? Well, I think some people are driven by money and not, and instead of being in control of money, money controls you. And whether that's controlling you because you're a criminal and you want more of it and you don't care if you have to do it illegally, or whether you're in debt, but you continue spending on your credit card, even though you're in debt, I call that letting the money control you. And especially for me and almost every crime I had, I had a sign on my desk for years, somebody in DEA gave it to me and it said, follow the money. And it was a big dollar sign. And my theory was if I could follow the money, I could usually figure out the crime because money leaves a trail. Money tells a story and money always tells a story, whether you're a criminal or whether you're, you know, somebody struggling to get by and working, you know, 60 hours a week, money tells a story. And I feel so passionate that we need to take charge of our, our money instead of letting money drive our life. I like that. That follow the money. We're on follow the brand. We um, are going to follow the money today. And so I, I can hear the passion in your voice and that you, you know, you, you're looking to solve a problem that's bigger than yourself with the skills that you have acquired for other people. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah. I mean, first of all, I have personal experience, right? I know what it feels like to be poor. I know what it feels like to not be able to buy that thing you want to buy, to not go on vacation, to not have a nice car, to not live in a nice place, basically just scrape by. You know, I used to say my mom would be like, we scraped by to get by. And luckily, like we had our own garden. So we had fresh vegetables. I mean, that is a plus. And, um, you know, I said my father drank a lot, but he was also a fisherman. So we would eat fresh fish. So we actually had some nice things. But overall, I had a real bad taste as a child as to what it's like to live without money. And I realized money has a lot of power if we let it have power. So I wanted to have power over money. And I decided early on, I would educate myself on how money functioned. I started investing when I was 23 years old in my retirement. So I started saving for retirement at 23, and which is why I was able to retire at 50. And I am, I live a very abundant life, but I don't live beyond my means. And that has always been how I've lived. And so I've traveled all over the world. I've lived a great life, but I don't overspend. I don't go into debt. I don't do things that I know I can't afford because to me, that takes away my freedom. If I'm burdened by debt and concern and worry about money, I'm not free and I want to be free. So to me, if you are eyes wide open and aware of your money situation and you're handling your money situation, it creates space and freedom in your life to live the life you want. Well, that is very good advice right there. And that, that is a, a framework for how you lived your life. And I know one of the conversations we had a little earlier, and you brought this up, 
and it was a a, a budget with a giant B. <laughs> you know that you said the first thing I do when I sit down with a potential client, we talk about budget because, and to me, when I hear budget, that means discipline. You've got to be disciplined, and you've got to have some kind of strategic plan or goal. Can you can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, well, I mean, budgeting to me. It's the building block of financial wellness, financial responsibility, and ultimately financial freedom. But budgeting gets a bad name. People think of budget, it's restrictive, it's time consuming, it's too much. And to that, I say, it's not. You just have to be eyes wide open. You have to take a look. If you're not willing to take a look at what you're really doing with your money, then you can't budget. But Head in the sand might seem easy right now until the head in the sand approach means debt, taxes, inability to get loans, inability to save for retirement, work, 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 work. A budget is my map. A budget is what helps me know, am I living within it? It's what tells me, am I living within my means? So the budget, the time you spend first building, which is one of the programs I have, I tell my clients, before I can work with you as a coach, if you don't have a budget, you got a budget with me. I have to teach you how to create a budget and how to work a budget because my financial discipline is based on having a budget and knowing what's coming in and what's going out, but I'll teach you how to do it. And to me, now I spend, I don't know, two to five minutes a day on my budget. But if you ask me today, Susan, how how much money have you spent on groceries this month? I'll be able to tell you exactly, exactly what I spent on groceries, gas, insurance, whatever, because I know because I keep track of it. So the time you're spending keeping track of it, what does that create? It creates knowledge, it creates security, and it creates a plan for you. So if you don't want to have a budget and you have no idea what you're spending, and then the credit card comes bill bill comes in and you're frightened. Well, to me, that's a lot worse than spending the time on the front end to build the budget and know exactly what's going on in your life. Because why wouldn't you want to know what's going on in your own monetary life? Wow. Well, that that that's so important. And it's so easy to get caught up. You know, I know some people that they 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 may be qualified as a shopaholic. You know, they they go to the mall and they they buy things, and because they get the credit card in the mail, and then they apply for it and they get it, they feel like that's free money, and it's not. You know, it's money. It's really a debt card that's tied to sometimes in some cases pretty incredible interest rates, and then by the time you get running through a lot of different things over time, you find out you have an impossible debt, and I think that comes back down to having a budget like you just talked about and sticking to it and understanding it and owning it. You have to own that. So how do, now I'm going to ask you, I, you kind of alluded to this already that you, you established yourself and I'm going to say you established yourself as an, as an expert, you know, in, in this field. Um, but uh, you know, did you take your, your skill set that you learned working through the government and then you developed this program or kind of take us through that story, how you got started. Yeah. um, Obviously, I'm very good with money, you know, and, you know, I will give myself a little pat on the back for retiring at 50. Um, And that took, yes, discipline. But I want to say this about how I was able to manage. I also get a pension from the government because 
I worked for the government for so long. So of course that helps, but it is my retirement savings, my security blanket that allowed me to retire at 50. And I started at 23 and I became so, it became such a easy thing for me to do every paycheck. I just took a chunk of my paycheck and I put it in my retirement account. So I never even knew what it felt like to live on that extra money because I never lived on it. I just said from the beginning, I'm taking, and then when I got a raise, I take a little more and throw more in my, so I live this great life. And meanwhile, I've got this account building and building and building and building for my retirement. And I feel like I'm doing basically nothing. So that is the beauty of compound interest. That's the beauty of you know money growing. And it's the beauty of having a little bit of discipline to say, you know what, instead of knowing what it likes, it's like to get my full raise, why don't I just put 75% of my raise in my retirement account? I'm still getting a 25% bump, but I'm also creating freedom for myself. I'm all about this. I want to live the life I choose. And I did not. I mean, anybody that knows me, I've been traveling since I was in my 20s. I live an extremely abundant life. But part of that abundance is being disciplined with my money. Discipline and budget, they get bad names. There's nothing wrong. If you're an athlete, are you disciplined? Yes, you are. Or you're not going to be on your best game. It's the same with money. And so for me, I have a son and I wanted my son, I wanted to break the cycle, basically, you know, being poor, not having money is ending here. I'm not saying I need to be rich or crazy wealthy. I don't want to be poor. I don't want my son to be poor, but I also want him to be responsible. So as I was raising him, I was teaching him about money. But then when he got to high school, I realized he was learning nothing about personal finance. And so I contacted the principal, I was still working for the government, and said, if I create a program to teach your juniors and seniors, basically just the core money skills they need to know, would you let me come in and teach? And he's like, we can't pay you, but if you'll do it for free. Well, I'm like, I'm going to do it for free. It's my son's class. So I went in and taught just one day. I went in and taught, I can't remember if it was an hour and a half, two hours, but I went in and just created this PowerPoint and I talked to an auditorium full of students and the hands that went in the air afterwards were like question after question. And I realized like the light bulb went off. I was like, when I retire early, I am going to create a company where I empower women. I empower young people and anybody. I mean, I have male clients. I counsel couples over money. Anybody can be my client. But if you ask me what was my driving force, it was wanting to kind of, you know, represent my mother and, and, you know, use her inspiration and have her, you know, what I learned through watching her be used for something else to alchemize that. And I also want young people to know if you can figure this stuff out young, you don't have to struggle with money. And, and it doesn't really matter. You have to make some money, but you don't have to graduate from college. I was making $17,000 on my first job. 17, eight or something. And then I went up to 21. It wasn't until I was well into my thirties that I was making, you know, over a hundred thousand dollars. So I wasn't making a lot of money when I was savings for my retirement. Anyone can create a plan. That's, that's the key. You've got to want to do it and make it a 
a, a part of your daily, weekly, monthly activity, right? That if I've got a dollar, I remember someone telling me this early in my uh, career. I had to be in my 20s. And they told me this, and I'll never forget. They said, you have to learn to pay yourself first. This episode is brought to you by Five Star BDM. Five Star BDM is a professional consulting and advisory group keenly focused on business development services for small to mid-sized businesses and entrepreneurs. Although every business is unique, they often share challenges that can be addressed through smart branding. Services include process improvement and operations, digital strategy and transformation, business intelligence, digital marketing, and personal branding. Our five-star business and personal branding company has helped a number of professionals and organizations to optimize and grow. The result is more business, more opportunities, better reach, positive outcomes. Please visit www.5starbdm.com to learn more and view all the episodes of Follow the Brand. I was like, wow, what do you mean? He said, when you get that paycheck, pay yourself first, put it into a savings, put it into your retirement that you don't touch, that grows. You will benefit from that. And I loved your analogy, not even analogy, just the fact that as you make more money, if you're living in a certain lifestyle that you like, right, and then you get a raise or some money comes in, take portion of that money, you know, and put it into that, into that fund, into that retirement fund, so that when you those rainy days come or things happen in your life, you're not, you know, stressed because you have enough to, to take care of that and a lot more as you as you grow and, and do things moving forward. So I, I want to ask you that is is that if someone had to ask you, like, okay, Susan, how do you define your brand when it comes to your to your company and what you do? You know, do you have like a, a statement that, that says, you know, this is this is your passion, your energy, and this has become a part of your brand. How would you articulate that? Well, I would say, first of all, to me, financial responsibility ultimately equals financial freedom. Responsibility and freedom are interconnected. And I'm authentic. I'm a truth teller. I am really good with money. I'm a great communicator. And I really care about my clients. Like when I'm working with my clients, I'm working with my clients and I tell them, I don't care where you start. I come with no judgment. I come with no preconceptions about you. I just want to know your story. Tell me where you're at and and you got to tell me what's going on with your money. I need to know everything that's going on with money because I can't help you if you're hiding from me. So I would say that I am, you know, very authentic. I'm an expert in my field. I'm going to tell you the truth. And there's zero judgment, but you have to want to get on the path. If I just have a client that is just willing and they'll say, but I don't know anything about that's okay. Are you willing? Are you willing to start to get on the path to financial wellness and financial freedom? Cause that's all I need. And we go from there. So I can take people and listen, my clients, I have wealthy clients I have people that are just starting out. I have young people. I have older people. I have couples. I have widows. That's another thing that happens is I'm starting to see like women that have never had to deal with money. And now either a husband dies or 
incapacitated or they get a divorce and now they're like, oh my God, I never had to deal with money before. Hire me. Let me come in and teach you how it works because there's this, in my mind, I mean, I know we're all good at different things and I happen to be good at money, but I simplify the way money works for people. In my mind, money is not complicated. So if I can help somebody kind of go through the, the muck of it and say, listen, a lot of what you think about money is just what you think about money. Once you can start to change your mindset, the actual basics of how money functions, it's not difficult, but people have like mental blocks about money. And so part of what I do is clear away the blocks, like get rid of the cobwebs. You're going to start fresh and we're going to reframe how you think about money. Well, I think what you just said there is a, I think a common problem is that more well, money is money, but it's connected to emotions. Mm-hmm. There's, there's emotional, there, there's, there's feelings around it. Uh, a lot of people, I've, I've talked to a lot of different people, there's insecurities mm-hmm. about the security and you don't want to have conversations, especially if, even within your own family, like money wasn't talked about. Nobody likes to talk about that, even though it's probably one of the most important discussions you need to have as an individual, as a family, because that's how you survive. That's your your survival tool. And you need, if you don't have those discussions or you say, you know what, I just not very sure about this or that, or I've even had these other discussions where people have had money, right? Or a certain amount of of money, maybe they took a lump sum and then through bad investments, they lost it. And then they don't want to talk about that. Like, oh my God, you know, that is because it's just, just a, a difficult conversation to have, not only with yourself, but for, for someone else. Have you found this to be, you know, the most common problem that you have to overcome first or, or there, are there other things? I think that is one of the most common problem. I see that there's shame attached to money. That's another thing you didn't mention shame, but there's a lot of shame attached to money and money is an inanimate object, right? I mean, it's a currency of everything and yes, it infuses everything, but it's money. So money doesn't define you. And I tell people, money doesn't define you. Let's make money work for you. But so I think when people work with me, that's the first, they get kind of like a breath of fresh air. Like, oh, she really isn't judging me. Oh, she really isn't making any um, assumptions about who I am. I'm like, none of that. Like it's dropped at the door when you work with me. When you work money, maestra, we're just, it's you and me and we're working through your money issues. And we're going to get you to a better place. And we're going to change your mindset. I really work on mindset with people. And I I just came off a workshop called women, money and relationships that I teach. And it's just, it's exactly about that. It's like, what's your money story? What's playing in your head? Is it serving you? And if it's not serving you, how can we flip the switch? And then how are you talking about the people in your life with about money? Or are you even, and if you're not, Let's change that. And so this whole, this workshop, it's a four-part series. I just got off it. And it's an extremely powerful workshop because first, what's going on in your head? Because if your money story playing isn't serving you, then when you go into conversations with the people in your life, it's also not serving the conversation. So get yourself straight first and then take that new kind of money person that you're becoming and then bring that person into the conversation. 
Because one thing, money gets really emotional, and but I'm always in control of me, right? So if I'm dealing in a conversation with somebody that's emotional about money, but I'm not emotional about it because I've worked through my stuff, then I can bring the conversation down to where it needs to be. I can negotiate with the person. But if we're both highly emotional about money, that is, that's not working. And I think a lot, that's what happens with couples. You know, couples are on different extremes about what they want to do with the money, what they should do. So instead of meeting in the middle or having, you know, really positive communication, there's anger, there's resentment. And then the money ends up infusing. What do they say? The two biggest causes of divorce. One, you know, cheating. The other, money. Money is either the first or second. It's in the top three causes of divorces is money. And it doesn't have to be. It really does. Totally doesn't. agree. Yeah. yeah. So I'm here to like change the way people think about money, change the way people use money, and also just like make money work for you. Don't be controlled by money. Be the controller of your money. And it's a mind flip, but when you get it, it's like the light bulb goes off and you're like, whoa, I can walk through this money world completely differently. I tell you, I want to ask you a a question. Okay. This has come up in in life. And I know it's it's probably some of the the core competencies or some of the expertise that you have. I'm not sure, but I want to ask this question. Okay. Is that now, and this happens, that um, now you have a a relative Mm -hmm. that passes away, right? Okay. And then now there's estate issues that Mm -hmm. you... Because you are the executive of the estate, you're the primary responsible party. You now have to deal with things like either a will or there, there's probate, there, there's you know, dissolution, d- dissolvement of certain assets, possibly there's real estate, there's other beneficiaries that have to come and be involved that and then all of a sudden you've got family members that feel one way or another about how this had happened or that should happen. And it could be a very big quagmire stuff. Do you, do you ever get involved in that kind of thing? I am not an attorney and I don't, um, you know, advise on any of the legal stuff with the States, but as far as what I advise as getting prepared for it, I have my estate already worked out. Hopefully I'm not dying anytime soon. I want to live a long time. But when I do, the people that have to make the decisions, it is going to be so easy for them because I have laid it out. And so I don't want my son or the person I choose to handle my estate to be stuck in that quagmire because you're, I mean, families feud over this. So my advice is go get yourself an attorney, I, you know, set up at a minimum a will, but really a trust, it makes it even easier depending on the level of assets. Not everybody needs a trust, but if you've got a lot of assets and it's complicated and there's a lot of people you want to share your money with, you know, you might want to talk to an estate planning attorney about, do I need a will or do I need a trust? But if you die without a will, you've got to go through probate. And then it's like, by the laws of the state and different states have different laws. So my advice to people is take care of that when you're healthy, right? (laughs) Take care of that when it's not emotional. And I, to me, 
you know, when I first meet with clients, it's not going to be one of the first questions I ask them. But if somebody's going to continue to work with me, I'm going to say, do you have your end of life stuff handled? And if the answer is no, I'm going to say, well, I'm not going to do it for you because I'm not an estate planning attorney. And if you want to do something as simple as a will on, you know, LegalZoom.com, that's your choice. I would advise probably hire an attorney because it's complicated. And estate planning attorneys aren't that expensive. But to know that, God forbid, something happened to me, I'm not leaving a mess behind because a lot of people leave a mess behind. And so that's my advice. Get it straightened out when you are healthy and not emotionally attached to it and be clear. Like if there's things in your house and I've talked to my attorney about this, I have some nice things that I might want to leave to some people specifically, not be like, okay, these three people get to divide everything up. So she's like, Susan, if there's something specific you want to go to a person, take a photo of it, initial on the back and say, this goes to give their name as much information as you know about them and clip it to your will or clip it to your trust. Be specific. If you don't care, you don't care. And then you can let the three or four people or your kids or whoever figure it out themselves. But if it's important to you, don't leave it on the people you leave behind to have to make the choice. It's your stuff. Make your own choice. So that's how I feel about it. I have all that stuff already worked out. I think what you said there at that, especially that last little piece, meaning don't leave it up to somebody else. That's the that's the part that gets it. You know, you might have a, a your children, you might have a significant other, and all of a sudden, this whole thing is in their lap, and they're completely unprepared. So, be responsible uh, on your part and take care of that as much as possible. And I tell people all the time, talk to an expert. This yeah. is maybe not your expertise, so you know, talk to somebody. Get three or four uh, people to talk to when it comes to real estate, or excuse me, end of life. Uh, yeah. estate planning and that type of thing. So I'm just glad you, you you mentioned that. That That's wonderful. So I'm at the point of the show that I always unplug. And what that means is I want you to speak directly to my audience. My audience, is, there's a lot of uh, people that are entrepreneurs, a lot of young people, a lot of people that are deep into their careers, senior level managers in a lot of different professions. And I want you to be able to speak to them directly about how you can help them and impact their lives financially. Thank you very much. Okay. So, you know, you've heard me speak. Being in a situation where you are choosing your life and you are choosing how money shows up in your life and how it's used in your life, you have to commit to that. You have to say, not head in the sand, eyes wide open, whatever my situation is right now, I'm going to look at it. And so what I tell people is come to me where you are as you are. I don't care if you're really wealthy and you just haven't been using your money too well and you still, you know, even though you had a lot of money, you don't have a lot of money. Or if you're just starting out, I love when I get the young people. I just did a a session with a young couple and they're just starting their life together. And they said, you know, this is like, this warmed my heart so much. Susan, we came to you because we want to start on solid ground. We want to be communicating from the beginning. And, you know, they budgeted with me. We set up their budget. They communicated back and forth. It was beautiful. And then they're going to continue to coach with me at least for the next few months so that they make sure they're keeping the flow of what they've already started. So what I advise people is start with, I have a program I call right now, it's called budget like a boss. And I meet with people where you are, 
as you are. You said I sign a non-disclosure because obviously I'm not going to talk about you know people's personal finances. And um and I work with you about what's your mindset? Where are you? Where are you at? What what are your struggles? What's holding you back? Are there things you want to accomplish that you're not? So I get a feeling for where are you with money right now? And then we get to the nuts and bolts and we create a monthly budget. And whether you are making $500,000 a year or, you know, $25,000 a year, you still need a budget. And, you know, and it's funny because there are some people that don't end up, aren't making big money on paper, but if they're, they start this discipline early, those people later in life have an awful lot to show for it. And the other thing I will say is get rid of the idea that a budget is limiting or that keeping track of your money is limiting, it is absolutely freeing. I have created basically my dream life. I mean, am I vacationing every day? No, but I don't want a vacation every day. But you know what? When I want to take a vacation, I can. When I want to go visit my family in the Northeast, I can. Pretty much I can live life as I want because I got all my ducks in a row almost effortlessly. It, because once you create the habits, it's meet with me. Let's do the, you know, my program in the beginning where, yeah, you got to put, a, you got to put skin in the game. If you can't put skin in the game, then I can't work with you. But if you can put skin in the game and come in with an attitude that is a can do attitude, I can help you shift. If you've got, if you have negative feelings around money, that's all right. We'll work through it together, but let's establish the base. And then from there, you know, I have clients now that are like, you're going to be my coach for the rest of my life because I just need you to give me that little extra oomph every month to say, you know, I've some people that want to meet with me multiple times a month until they start getting on their, their own path. However, it works. I, I have different programs for different people, but I say the key is let me budget with you and get rid of the, the what you think a budget is because I'm going to show you that it's something completely different. And it's extremely freeing. And, you know, hopefully people can feel my passion. I know this works. I know it works because I did it in my own life and I am on fire about it. I want it. I want young people to get it. If, if young people get this by their mid twenties, it will change the course of their life. Well, so I tell you, your, your passion, it comes through you. You come through the screen, you come through the, the microphone and I, and I implore you. And, and one thing that you said that still resonates with me, and it's kind of disappointing that we find out in our school systems that we're not teaching you know, financial, and I hate the word financial literacy. It makes me feel like Education, totally illiterate. But yeah, the financial education, personal finances. This is probably the most important thing you need to know in our society. And we're just shoving it under the rug. This, you know, person getting the job is one thing, but but able to maintain their finances, that's everything, right? It is. And, you know, Grant, like in Dade County, this is this is new. It hasn't happened yet. We'll see how it transpires. And I'm hoping if anybody from Dade County Education System is out there, I would like to help you with this. Allegedly, we're going to get a personal finance elective in now. First of all, I'm not happy with that. It shouldn't be a personal finance elective if 
what I'm hearing. I'm not 100% sure how it's going to transpire because it isn't here. But there is rumblings in Dade County, where I live, that Miami, that there is going to be something starting. But all I can say is it shouldn't be dip your toe in. It should be, let's get these kids what they need. Let's get someone like me and other people like me that already know how to do this to help you create the curriculum. If you're creating the curriculum and you're not good at finances, you're not gonna, going to have a good curriculum. So whoever is out there that might hear that, that is involved with Dade County School Systems, I want to talk to you because you have to get the right curriculum and the right mindset. If somebody's teaching money and they hate money, well, that's not going to go over well. You have to get somebody that knows what they're talking about, that is into it, and that wants these kids to get it. So it's a start. I think it's a little start, but it is a start. And I don't know if Dade County is an outlier or if other places are maybe starting to do this, but it needs to be done. And, you know, I had one school say to me, I I approached them about going there and they said, well, we have somebody that is going to do it. And I said, really? Well, who is that? And it was somebody from a financial house, an investment company. And I was like, well, do you think maybe the motivation is that they want the parents to invest? I'm like, you also have to get somebody that is just there to teach. I mean, yes, of course, it would be nice to get some clients, but my motivation is to teach. I want people to get this so that they can have the life they choose and have an independent financial life. So I think it absolutely needs to be in our school system. And I hope somebody is listening out there. I would love to help with this. And uh, so I'm just going to put that out there. Oh, no, we're going to make sure that it does get out there. I've seen this more and more, not just you know, with your program, but a lot of programs that, you know, schools, not even in colleges, only teach in certain ways. And that's why we have to have coaches like yourself. It's imperative that we we know what these who these coaches are, what they do, what is their niche, and they can help you. Because you've got to invest in yourself. 100%. We've got it. You just you just have to do it. And, and it's well worth it. Well worth the spend. The ROI, return on investment is there. So if people want to get in touch with you, what is the best way, Susie? They can go to my website, which is Money Maestra, and that's Spanish for teacher. So money and then M-A-E-S-T-R-A dot com. And they can also email me at Susan at moneymaestra.com. I'm on LinkedIn under Susan Howell. I'm in Facebook um, under Money Maestra, and I'm on Instagram under Money Maestra. So reach out to me, drop me a line, follow me on Instagram. I do blogs. I give free information. I give free tutorials, and I have um, paid workshops coming up for students, for women, for couples. Um, so pay attention to my website, my Instagram, my social media, and I'll keep you um, up to date on what I'm doing and sign up for my um, newsletter on my uh, on my money on moneymaestro.com. And then you'll get updated on everything that I have going on. But I love this stuff. I'm passionate about it. I want to help people. So Susan Owl, Money Maestra, Give me, give me a ring and let's work together. Without question, we'll be working with you. This has been a wonderful episode. I really thank you for taking the time to join us on Follow the Brand. Remember, everyone, you can see all the episodes of Follow the Brand at www.5starbdm. And that's B for brand, D for development, and for masters.com. Until next time, Susan, we'll see you later. Bye, Grant. Thank you. Have a great day. Bye.